Hey everybody, Scott from Nerdcyclopedia here. So we wanted to tell you this episode uh, is a little bit different from the other episodes. It's an episode about a single topic and it has a special guest. We really think you're going to like it. But I wanted to let you know that this is not the only episode we're going to do for S. Uh, it's not even the only episode we have scheduled for S for this season. So we really hope you enjoy it. Now here it is, a Nerdcyclopedia Star Wars special. What up, what up, what up? It's Nerdcyclopedia. Right. Hey everybody, welcome to a very, very special episode of Nerdcyclopedia. Very special. What's going on with you today, Scott? Aw, oh, Sam, I'm just having a wonderful day. How are you doing? I'm doing good, you know. Um, the, the, the weather's, you know, better outside. It's not as cold as it was. But, um, you know, it's getting warmer. You know, it's probably, you know, heating up for some Star Wars. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Ooh. <laughs> So I am, uh, so I am Scott. I am here. Uh, we're here to talk about Star Wars, which uh, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast or have listened to the podcast, you'll know is a a real uh, locus of nerdity for me. And uh, I'm real excited to get started here. I do want to get a few housekeeping things out of the way. Um, we are going to be doing a react episode that's going to be coming out uh, the next weekend, right? So the weekend after the release, right? Is that right, Sam. That is correct. Yeah. So okay. um, right so, around the um, the seventeenth, um, sometime after the seventeenth, we'll get your instant reaction of the Star Wars movie, Last Jedi. And, yeah, and and we're real excited about that. So make sure you know you, you smash that subscribe button so it shows up in your feed. You know we're gonna have uh, a real neat setup. It looks like we're gonna have, try to have some special guests and really you know yes, dive into yes. the film. So uh, we're real excited about that, and uh, we're really hoping, I'm hoping to have seen it at least a couple times by then, so I have an idea, you know, of what I really think about the movie as opposed to just once, but we'll see. Yep, and this is, as Scott's saying, this, we're, to, we're going to talk about Star Wars today, and this is the second part of our S, um, this is the second part of S. So we haven't done this throughout, like, the whole alphabet so far, but we felt S was special because it has so many different nerd you know stuff that um that you can actually talk about with the s with superman spider-man but star wars is by far one of the biggest ones so we have to do a second part to this s has to be segmented which is another s word uh because there were so many s things i mean if you've listened to the last episode you know we didn't even get to spider-man or star trek or any of those things that you would consider to be huge iconic uh features of uh of nerdness so uh, obviously, it bears uh, it bears saying again. I think we said a couple episodes now that you know. Obviously, it's not you know the nerd encyclopedia was never going to be completed in a day. We know that, so we will be looping back to some of those subjects at a later time. Yep, yep. And it's so big that we even have a special guest star to to, to commemorate the um to commemorate. I can't even speak today. The bigness <laughs> of it. <laughs> Our guest star today is Ken. Ken is a friend of the podcast. Ken is a lifelong uh, Star Wars fan, and Ken also is an Empire fanboy. How are you doing today, Ken? 
I'm doing very well. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sam, for having me this uh, this morning on this wonderful day. Uh, I am uh, a big fan of Star Wars, have been since I was eight. I knew, and I'm very old now, so uh, <laughs> the Force is strong with me through those years, and I've developed a, a, a keen sense of uh, knowledge on, on Star Wars and how it actually relates to reality. And oh. Oh, okay, okay. It is a part of me in a lot of ways, so... The force is a part of you, so... The force is a part of me, yes. It's also very important not to think too hard about the philosophy of Star Wars. Because remember, the force is used only for defense and knowledge, but you're allowed to smack people with it, too, so who knows? Yeah, a little bit. And the force is strong with my son, also, as it turns Ooh. out. That's good. And also with your daughter. Uh, I don't know yet. Right now, the force is <laughs> not yet? strong with... No, it's, You're telling it's, me you can't get a midichlorian test kit in 2017 in the United States of America? That's terrible. You know, within the that month that she's been here, you can't do the test yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations on the new arrival, by the way. Thank yes, you. yes, yes. Uh, super glad to have. Uh, give some diversion to a new father, of course. It's always something that's a, a charitable act that Nerdcyclopedia can do. We will do that. Thank uh, you. When we can. Thank you. <laughs> so, Ken, so... Um, you know, we obviously have talked a little bit about Star Wars on a podcast. We talked about, uh, I talked a little bit about what it means to me, and I'll get into, I'll elaborate on that later. But why don't you tell us maybe um, your earliest memory of Star Wars, the first time you can have a real memory of it, and what, what like, scene that is, or what, you know, what show that is. You know, if you could give us a little information on that. Um, my earliest memory uh, is the, the A New Hope, uh, okay. which at the time was actually called Star Wars. Uh, yes, but believe it or not, it was just the Star Wars. Yeah, it was just Star Wars, um, and the not to be cliche, but the opening scene actually is the most impactful to me, um, as the you see these giant starships in space and shooting at each other, and and this battle ensues, and then the entrance of you know who. Ooh. So that he must not be named Anakin anymore. Well, at the time, we didn't know who he was. <laughs> a lot of people thought he was a robot from what I hear. Well, uh, we weren't sure. We just knew that it was this was this really uh, bad, bad dude who uh, obviously had a lot of uh, uh, I had a lot of respect from his his peeps because they ran aggressively away from him whenever he came into a, a room so we didn't really know who he was. and he had no he really didn't have a name only lord vader so that was it that was the beginning of the whole thing for me i was hooked line and sinker uh from that moment uh, i don't time. i don't mean to date you here but was that in the theater was that at home i mean can i ask this that was that was in the theater uh, oh, wow. 1977 okay um, I was, like I said, I was eight uh, when that happened, and I'm, it's 40 years later, wow. and that's still, that scene to me is, and that's why Rogue One, with the transition from the end of Rogue One into A New Hope, is such a, just, I mean, it makes me cry, I'll just tell you, I mean, we're all, we're all, we're all sensitive guys here, and I cry. Nothing wrong with I emotion, watch. nothing wrong with emotion. When I like to show emotion during movies and sports, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right, everything else, you know, love, relationships. No emotion there, mm. uh, yeah, uh, no, no, stone no. face up. A no. newborn. <laughs> no, ah, maybe a little, but. Just, Let me know when you're playing sports, newborn. Yeah, right. Then we'll see. 
Yeah. So that whole that transition from Rogue One into uh, A New Hope is is very moving to me. So that that to me is where it all started, and then it it was just a downfall for my family and my grandparents because they were buying me the figures and spaceships and everything new that came out, and was just it was. I feel bad for them now, but uh, I know what they're going through now. But uh, yeah, so that, that's that's where it all started for me. Awesome. How about you, Sam? What's, do you remember the first time you saw one of these movies? Uh, Star Wars. Like I said, I wasn't as into it um, in the early going and everything. But I, I, I don't think I really appreciated Star Wars when it first came out. And as uh, you could hashtag hate Sam, that's that's one thing we do here. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't have a new <laughs> hashtag this week. <laughs> it's hashtag hate Sam if you hate anything that Sam says. So um, I, I don't have my geek cred when I, when, I, when I say that I wasn't that much into Star Wars when Star Wars was one of the biggest things going geek-wise. So, <laughs> But everything else, geek and nerd, I was into. But for whatever reason, I wasn't appreciating Star Wars until I actually got into college. And I, I would watch the trilogy just as I did The Godfather because those those movies to me were too old, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so the effects and everything, I wasn't really appreciating the story. So um, movies like The Godfather, I didn't appreciate until I got into college. And Star Wars, I didn't really watch um, until I got to um, college as well. And then I seen the whole trilogy, the well starting from a new hope i should say mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. on into the return of the jedi and it just like blew my mind I was like why did i wait so long to see this you know <laughs> it was just it was just mind-blowing at that time about how good um those movies were you know because i was watching those movies in anticipation you know to like the phantom menace you know when it was first coming you know when it first came out this was before we knew how the phantom menace was actually going to go Nobody, but, nobody can be. You, know, you can't get on someone for thinking the Star Wars movie was going to be good. I think that argument can be made for being on someone about saying the Star Wars movie was good, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's, not. It's how good is it going to be? Okay, okay. It's but, always going to be good. It's just where is it on the good scale? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. The, the the different levels. So, um. That was a good little binge, um, you know, early binge before binge was, you know, the the term, you know, nowadays. That was a good binge experience for me watching those three movies back to back because it told a really good complete story from the, um, you know, the um, the beginning of seeing um, Darth Vader and revealing that you know he was Anakin Skywalker towards the end there and. You know, the the whole I am your father stuff. I mean, I've heard about it, you know, throughout the years, but actually watching it, um, it was a um, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. It's excellent. Excellent film series. You know, I'm a little I'm a little different. Uh, I'm a little bit more like Sam. I'm, I'm younger. So, uh, you know, Empire, Empire and Jedi, like those all came out before I was born. I was born about five months after Jedi came out. Right. So for me, Star Wars was always going to be an in-home experience for a long time. And the first Star Wars movie I actually saw, and this is kind of funny, though that I remember seeing is Spaceballs, and, mm. uh, <laughs> and it's because it's because my uh, my grandparents had like a way awesome cable package in like the '80s. So like 1987, I guess that movie was new, <laughs> so it was on HBO. So I was I watched that movie first, and then I realized that like it was a parody of something else. So I had this weird opposite experience. You know, I saw the parody first in the movie, but, okay. but that pro- I probably had seen it. I just don't really remember seeing it, right? 
Give me a pass on that, right? I mean, I was three years old. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 fine. That's good. Okay, but, yeah. so <laughs> so uh, I do remember, however, the first time um, I saw uh, a new Star Wars movie in the theater because I went and saw the the re releases in '97, and that was super neat because you know uh, it's hard for people to maybe remember this, especially our younger listeners, if there are any. Um, but TVs used to be a lot smaller in your house, so <laughs> so like now a whole wall of your house is. Can be a television screen. You can put anything on it for like five hundred bucks, right? But back in the day, <laughs> if you wanted like a twenty-seven incher and a tube TV, it would weigh seven hundred pounds, and it would cost a thousand dollars. So no one had those things, right? Um, so, so the first one I actually saw in the theater was Phantom Menace. Ah, uh, okay. And I was super pumped up for it. I remember it like it was yesterday because it was the end of my ninth grade year. Okay. And me and a bunch of buddies went out, and we all saw it at, right after our last exam. Okay. My school had exams. Shout out to Lindsley School. <laughs> um, so, so we went out there and we saw it, and we were talking about, you know, we liked it a lot, but we thought that, you know, we, we were wondering why everyone had a Japanese accent, and we just didn't like get it. I still don't get it. I don't know why all those aliens have Japanese accents. That's weird, right? <laughs> That's weird, right? So we were expecting this. We were expecting the movie to be mostly like the last twenty minutes of the movie most of the time, and it really wasn't. So, let's talk about the story a little bit, guys. Let's talk about what the story of the main Star Wars sequence is. And and that, in my opinion, is the story of Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker. Uh, Ken, you mentioned that he was your favorite favorite character, the the, the character that made the biggest impression on you in your first watch. Let me ask you a question. So, after you saw the prequel movies, how how did your impression or how did your perception of Darth Vader change? Didn't didn't really change. I still feel the overall story is this guy, Anakin Skywalker, who who got conflicted, um, fell, you know, kind of fell into the the dark, fell into the dark side with certain decisions that he made, um, and it took his family to really pull him back around. To the, at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as far as the the prequel was concerned, this really was just a backstory of Anakin Skywalker, right? Growing up, that's all that was. The whole thing you can you can put Newt Gunray out of the pit. You know, he was just a, a little a little piece, a little faction. Um, here's 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 how you could put Newt Gunray out of the picture. If you just said any other name, I would have just been like, that must have been that dude that was actually Newt Gunray. Mm-hmm. Could it literally be any other side? It's just it could be any other character with literally any other random name. Right. It could be anybody. Could have been anybody. Yeah. Uh, just a just a group that sort of set the stage for what the uh, you know the bigger the bigger picture was and how all these things fell into place so that Anakin would rise up, become the full full blown imperious leader. That's a Battlestar Galactica reference, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, to this. This mogolith, uh, if that's a word, I don't know, of this evil, and how he decided at some point that you know this isn't the right way to go, and then with his help of his son, you know, redeemed himself. Now the the new the these new uh, uh, what are they called? The new ones. The the se- they're called the sequel trilogy. The sequel, yeah, sequel trilogy. trilogy. You can just call you can just call them the new ones. I feel like. 
we can, we'll talk about those a little bit more, but I want to kind of separate those, the movies that have come out since Episode Seven, yeah, and maybe even like the Clone Wars series. Uh, some of that, I don't want to say non-canon stuff, but just the newer stuff. I feel like I want to talk about that separately because the first six episodes feel like one story. Yes, you know, they yeah. feel like one story told from beginning to end, and then you know, it feels like they're beginning a second story with Episode Seven, which is good because it has a lot of the same great characters, including my personal favorite. My personal favorite character is Han Solo, by the way. Right. Love Han Solo. Love yep. how mouthy he is. Right. Um, so I, I do want to. T- I do want to take those separate. So, so Ken. So you, I, I got. I got to tell you, my my opinion of Darth Vader changed a lot after I watched the prequels because, you know, I, I think at the end of at the end of Jedi, there's an insinuation that that Anakin was sort of like taken advantage of by the Emperor. There's this insinuation that he was tricked, right? Right. I don't. I don't see that in the in the prequels. Right? I think that it definitely tells a much darker story about Anakin Skywalker than you would anticipate after watching Episode Six. I mean, let's not forget. And I, and I got to tell you, I I recently did a rewatch with someone who'd never seen Star Wars before, which was super duper neat because I had never like experienced. I couldn't. I can't remember not knowing. You know who Luke Skywalker's father is, for instance, right? And you right. found somebody who who was like that that never mm-hmm. saw it, <laughs> never seen it, and they had, they knew some of the cultural stuff, but they never actually see the movies, right? Gotcha. So they weren't surprised that that Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker. They kind of knew that, but they were surprised that Leia was Luke's sister, and they had a lot of questions ah, <laughs> about okay. when they decided that in the production process. And I said it had to have been sometime in like 1981. Like, there's no way it could have been. <laughs> And and, and and you and they start you started with Phantom Menace and everything, so they got the whole overall like you know from yeah. episode one to episode six. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So so well, actually, we didn't start with Phantom Menace because I don't like Phantom Menace. And I was the curator. <laughs> what? So we actually yeah wow. we watched <laughs> we watched episode four, episode five. Then wow, rather than watch rather than watch the prequel movies, which we discussed that I don't like them very much anymore. Yes, you uh, did. We, we found a. Um, that's in the their encyclopedia archive, by the way, if you want to check that out. It's got Star Wars prequel hate. Uh, hates Star Wars prequels hashtag. Um, but uh, for me, you know, watching, like, it felt like Darth Vader had been, like, he was just petulant, like, kid. And I didn't like him, you know? And it felt like all his reasons for turning to the dark side were so venial. And, like, so, so, I don't know, just, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, I just didn't, I didn't understand that, it didn't feel to me like he had been tricked sufficiently. Does that like, make sense? Like, it felt like he was way too willing to be complicit in immediate genocidal action, right? Immediate cold-blooded murder. Like, boom! Right? Like that. Before even doing anything darker, really being being tempted. So, it, it, like, like, Padme wasn't at, at the Chancellor's office when he killed Mace Windu, right? Right. I think she needed to have been there and seen that. Because then she runs away, right? And Anakin can't stop her because he just can't bring himself to do it. And then she goes and gets Obi-Wan. I don't know. This is what I do, Ken. I, I basically re-screen write stuff I don't agree with. So <laughs> rewrite like, the things like in your head cannon. so they come out yeah. right for you. I get it. <laughs> anyway, so, so we watched this <laughs> So we watched this recut of the prequels that was like two and a half hours long, right? Mm-hmm. So and for, all, for all three movies. And a bulk of it... A bulk of it was episode three. Like, most of it was episode three. But they kept the lightsaber duel from episode one and then... Most of the assassin stuff from episode two, and they cut out all the Obi Wan stuff from episode two. You mean they didn't have that um, race sequence from the um, the first episode? No, they just jumped in at the end of that story, <laughs> and they didn't show anything about Anakin before before that elevator ride, right? Nah, now, I didn't know that before I picked it out. But Sam and I have talked at length. <laughs> the fact that I think that if you just watch that scene, you don't need to have seen the first movie at all. 
<laughs> and this this cut proved it to me, so I loved it. So we, so then we watched that, and then we watched episode seven, and then we watched Rogue One. So we did ah, that. Okay. okay. So oh, I'm sorry. Then we watched episode six, then seven, then then Rogue One. Um, Rogue One actually is my favorite Star Wars movie right now. I know it's the newest, and I may be thinking about it, but just like Ken was saying earlier when we were talking about, um, you know, that when you were talking about how that scene with Vader, right? That yeah, moment yeah. when he when he just ignites his lightsaber in that in that bulkhead, and everyone just is like, "Oh man!" <laughs> like there's no escape, and and no. this is like death personified, right? Yep, no getting out of there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. so new appreciation for that ruthlessness. Uh, so Sam, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Which one's your favorite? Um, I would say probably a uh, a New Hope, and then Rogue mm-hmm. One. You know, the the original one um, was was very it was. It was very, um, not so much slow moving, but it really, it really told a good story, you know. And mm-hmm. Rogue One, it was a, it was a great special effects, you know, spectacular, you know, spectacular spectacle, um, especially the those end sequences when they were when they were fighting on the um, beach and everything, and oh, then yeah. that that scene at the end, like Ken was saying, you know, with um, the transition from Rogue One uh, to um, a new hope <laughs> it just seems like you know <laughs> shivers and everything but i want to sort of touch on what you was talking about as far as like the prequels mm-hmm. my vision my my um impression of it at the time um was i was sitting in there it, it being a really non-stop star wars geek watching uh, i'm the first day there like you know watching the phantom menace and, and the line and everything you know they actually had lines for movies back then people you know <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny that was 1999 there was a line for star wars you know um um for you know um, phantom menace when it first came out but anyway so i'm sitting up there in in the phantom menace watching this movie and I'm waiting for I don't I don't I'm I'm not sure what I'm exactly seeing because the whole time I'm thinking okay where is Darth Vader you know that's who I really want to see <laughs> so fast forward to like 2005 when the um, Revenge of the Sith came out <laughs> and you really only get like 15 20 minutes of Darth Vader and I'm like okay that's the person I really wanted to see this whole time. So the whole backstory of, of, of building the universe and, you know, getting the lore and everything together with, you know, through attack of the clones and a person that's not really into, you know, um, you know, the, or really understanding of the lore and everything, but he loves like, you know, Darth Vader for, for, for it to really end on that note was really disappointing to me. You know, I like revenge in the Sith. That was a good movie, but, like I said, I'm sitting up here, um, three movies or two movies passed, and then the third, you know, um, one came out, just waiting for Darth Vader to show up. How is that going to um, play out? How is that going to work? And you were talking about um, the way they transition, you know, Anakin over into, um, you know, Darth Vader. It did really seem a little juvenile. Like the, a lot of the story, it just didn't seem as if it was as complicated. Or it's complex, I should say, not complicated. Complex as the first three was. So I don't know what fell um, between those first three movies and the pre- you know prequel you know trilogy when um, George you know thought about all this, but it just to me just those those prequels didn't didn't seem as complex um, in its in its execution as the um, original trilogy was. Well, when you really think about it, the the plot for the thing that changed. 
Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader is the same plot from Downton Abbey season two, <laughs> where Lady Sybil's giving birth, and you know she gets preeclampsia and dies. Right? It's exactly the same plot. And you tell me, so this is a, a, a galactic spanning civilization that's been galactically spanning for like dozens of centuries, right? It's like thousands and thousands of years. Right? How chauvinistic is that society? When, you know, you can get your arm cut off and then five minutes later you've got a complete replica, you know, totally working. They throw you in a vat and you just come back to life, right? Right. But childbirth, still dying childbirth, like, I right. don't know, half, like 100% of the time we've seen someone give birth in Star Wars, <laughs> they have died. That's, right. that's not a great mortality rate, guys. That's a pretty, it's pretty bad. Right. Right. And I it's think, interesting um, five. interesting. I like that. I think, and maybe you can, um, you know, attest to this or give your opinion about it, Ken. I think the, the trilogy, the original trilogy, um, had a lot of character moments, a lot of really great character moments that the prequel trilogy just totally lacked. Um, you had nobody—I shouldn't say nobody—but I really didn't care about Padme like that. You know, a lot of the uh, the politics that that um, that they inputted, you know, during the first trilogy, or I mean, during the prequel trilogy, it was fine. But a, a lot of those characters, to me, uh, I wasn't really caring about as much as I did with that original trilogy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The original, the, the the prequel, let's just say the prequel trilogy, did its best at developing things. I think that had a lot to do with the fact that the creator, uh, right, right, George, George mm-hmm. was a little more hands on and maybe in a different place in his life. Right, they was say that when they originally say, they say that he was married to his editor, right? Yeah, and she they say she did a lot of the work to sort of spice up or like speed up Star Wars the first one yeah sort of make it more kinetic and like they got divorced in like 1982 or whatever so she wasn't involved in any of the other projects and he was more hands off for Empire and Jedi so when he came back there was nobody in the room being like this is bad like don't oh, wow. don't have don't have that exactly do not have Jar Jar Binks step in crap <laughs> just don't do it he can don't just step over the crap they're like, oh, why don't we just the stupid voice? Why don't we just take it out and put it in with garbled nonsense and a, you know, and uh, and subtitles, you know, subtitle, yeah. And and I'm gonna tell you this too: the cut I was watching, which we're gonna, I'm gonna send to you guys, and I'm gonna link when we when we post this episode because it's that good. Uh, it does all that, so it does not have the Jar Jar Binks voice in it at all. It's nice. Yeah. So he, he, that being said, and that that's that's fact, that's true. I think that has a lot to do with why the prequel is so wordy and but but then in its defense because i love every second of it it does give you a different look at what what the galaxy was back yeah, then yeah, yeah, and yeah. and how this whole thing because yes we have this this guy this dude anakin and then we also have this vastness all these different factions you had the the um the trade federation and you had the 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 uh the council the republic and they were really at odds at each other but we needed to push it a little bit so the emperor <coughs> pushed pushed it a little bit and built little little anger groups and uh, got people sort of uh, against each other which helped to sort of you know get this empire started and yeah world building yeah, exactly, and it's it's historical because this happens yeah. in in reality. How you have an entire population that's sort of just at odds with itself and maybe upset with the current 
way things are going, and here's this new thing that comes along, and oh yeah, let's let's try this for a while. Maybe it wasn't well, the right decision, but let's give it a shot and see how it how it works out. I, Ken, I think that's a great point. Um, it's, and it's certainly it's, not relevant today at all. <laughs> not at all. It is not no. nothing based in any. No, 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 no. But but, but what, what but what Ken said there was really you know really really great because mm-hmm. the the world building the, and and the, and the thing is you can appreciate as as mad as you guys may, or mad as people may be about how the movies went you know maybe not liking you know um, certain Jar-Jar. elements and. And not yeah, <laughs> and um um like a lot of the beats from the movies. What those three movies did was they did a lot of heavy lifting as far as like you know world building, and there's so and and to build the expansive universe to create so many future stories that can really be you know tagged back to that. And um some of the lot of stuff that um that Rogue One touched on you know related to like you know a couple of the, um the first movies and everything. So the appreciation is still there. You know, that's that's a great thing about the Star Wars universe. You could almost you could tell any type just like in real life, you could tell any type of story. You know, uh, a person, you know, you could tell a story of like, you know, a person living in his house going through different, you know, trials and tribulations and it could still be a store technically a Star Wars universe story. You know, mm-hmm. when they got rid of the um the um, what was it the the extended or the extended universe with all the books and everything, and actually just made these the 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 kid you know the future canon from the first trilogy, the Star Wars Rebels, and like you know the pre, the sequel trilogies and everything. Yeah, the new ones. Yeah, the yeah the new, the, the new ones. New, the new ones. I, I, I was I was speaking with a friend just the other day. I think it was um, a mistake that they actually just are just dismissing those because it was just so much, you know, to, to, to just throw away there that, I mean, if anything, I mean, if you go into like, um, what DC does is, is, is the, the multiverses you did when you just can't tell a good story correctly, you just tag it. It just happened in that other universe. <laughs> maybe star Wars could have did some, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but maybe star Wars could have did the same thing. So instead of just scrapping, you know, everything that happened before with, um, um, as far as those extended stories that people told and like the books, the computer games, the, the yeah. comic books and everything, just let that happen in a earth two or, you know, extended, uh, different universe or what have you. I um, think that's pretty much what the fandom is sort of determined is that the, you know, the, the EU sort of exists on its own plane and it's sort of like an alternate continuation of the timeline sort of. Like an alternate reality. I do want to say this because I know for a fact that we have one listener who has very, 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 very strong opinions about the Star Wars expanded universe and the trade-off. Um, I, I mean, if, I might ask them to come on here just because they have such strong opinions, uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't think I could even do them justice. So uh, I do want to cut, put a pin in the EU side of it. Just because I kind of want to do another episode on this later. Okay. If that's cool. Yeah, we can. I don't mean I don't mean to redirect. I'll, I'll say that I agree with them mostly. The EU's uh, the, the, some of the over. The, here's some of the broad strokes of the EU. Just to give you, just to give someone who's not familiar, the basic broad strokes of what in the expanded universe, the old expanded universe, what happened after um, the Battle of Endor, right? So, Emperor's dead, right? False. Emperor is not dead. He clones himself. So his <laughs> his disembodied spirit. Goes into a clone, and then Luke has Luke turns to the dark side to try to bring the Emperor down, and it ends up being successful eventually, right? Then Luke starts Jedi Academy, 
Um, Han and Leia have twins and then a younger son. They're all Jedi, right? They all come up through the Academy. And then there's this invasion from outside the galaxy. Now, by this time, Leia's already retired because she was president of the galaxy, basically, right? Right. So there's this outside invasion from a, a life force from another galaxy that no one ever thought would ever be possible because they figured that the galactic wall was the limit of all travel, right? They never figured out how to get beyond it, but these guys did. So now they're in the galaxy, and they invade the galaxy, and they kill Chewbacca pretty much right away. Then they kill uh, Han and Leia's youngest son, Anakin, and then Jason, their oldest son, turns to the dark side, kind of like Kylo Ren a little bit, but it's, a, it's a different, and he didn't like massacre all the Jedi or anything, right? So then he kind of turns to the dark side, and that's kind of where it ended. Uh, so it's a, little, it's a different version of a similar story. And Luke has a son named Ben with some... Or the character named Mara Jade who's not in the, the current movie uh, continuity. So right. that's, that's what... That is what the EU looks like. That's very, very broad brushstrokes. I also will mention, because I know that uh, the listener I'm referring to is going to listen to this episode for sure, that uh, there's a lot of stuff with X-Wing, and there's uh, Rogue Squadron, and there's Race Squadron, and a whole bunch of stuff with that. But like I said, I, I, he's, he knows more than me about this, so I don't want to step on him at all. Uh, but that's what the EU is. So, so some people, because there's like 30 years of novels there, like thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. So, right. some people are saying that's not a great trade-off. And the, I think they, well, I mean, I think once Disney took over, uh, they decided to go a little different route. So, the EU stuff is still viable, but I don't think they've decided to market it. I think it's the, the issue, well, right. I mean, I, it's still I, there, but. Yes, yeah, it's, it's still. I think they wanted to simplify things for like newer, um, you know, newer people coming on, so they didn't have to really fit newer, newer audience or a, you know a different a newer audience. So they didn't really feel that they had to go through so much Star Wars lore in order to to um, you know catch on to like the newer sequels because you got like the newer sequels with like you know Ray and um, the other characters. But I, I think simplifying it to Disney, you know, was what their intentions were. Yeah, and in their defense, imagine paying $2.5 billion for something, and then you have to keep, like, all the hokey story ideas that Marvel Comics put in in 1978. <laughs> like, that's all got to fit into this, right? Like, it's not fair to them. It's okay that they did it. It's just that some people wish that it was more similar to the expanded universe. And I kind of feel, and it, it's just as you were going up, as we've been talking, I'm sort of thinking about it, too. I feel like this new trilogy gets back to the original, the this small core characters, right, all right. with their own sort of um, conflicts, right, um, right. And, and needs, and all are banding together in this way to fight this huge, vast. Instead of being all political, which EU is extremely political. I mean, it's, oh yeah, it, it's it, I mean, it much gets, worse than the prequel trilogies. It is, it is. So and it gets into a lot it's of different so factions and and this group and this group. They want this trade commission, and th- I mean, it really gets crazy and i think they just decided i think that's awesome though. <laughs> well yeah and, and and it may find its way in with you know they're going to continue to make billions of dollars every time they put out one of these movies and right, right i think they'll build on that but i think the this new um this new trilogy uh i think is really getting back to the original feel of everything and that's why scott like you said right now rogue one is your your favorite and it is up up there, you know. Empire was something that I felt was always had a had an importance to me, but now Rogue One, mm-hmm. I think, is really it's it's really kind of the hip cat in the whole thing, and it has that sort of dirty, broken rebellion, just 
taping things together, you know, duct tape, mm-hmm. and then going against this, you know, going against this huge uh, government. So, so yeah, question, question for you guys. Um, and I'll start with you, Scott. Um, mm-hmm. So, with Rogue One, it not being a, um, a, a Skywalker, not have anything to do with the Skywalkers except for, you know, Darth Vader. I'm um, showing, you know, his butt for a couple minutes here and there. But how do you guys feel about how do you guys feel about that type of story being told outside of the the regular, Scar, you know, Skywalker saga? Ken, you want to go first? Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, I would say that I, I loved the idea that it was a, a one shot. It was a real it was a comic book. It was like a it went back to what I kind of grew up with. Uh, Marvel would have a story and then they'd do a one shot that really was part of the story, but just a one and done. I think they, um, you're talking about specifically the characters and why they all died. (laughs) Because, and, and really, and because Darth Vader was only in, like you said, for just a few minutes, I mean, he was in the whole thing because they talked about him. Right. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, huge element, and a lot of little things going on. And oh, by the way, just quick tangent: you should read Tarkin. It's a novel. It's called okay, Tarkin. Okay. You guys should read it. It's it, the new expanded universe, right? It's well, it's part of what we're talking about. It's just him. It's just Grand Moff okay, Tarkin okay. and how he was raised, uh, how his family upbringing got him into the military. He joined the Navy at a very early age, earlier than anyone else is really allowed, and how he developed himself into this, you know, this leader. Uh, huh. You know, how to very good. I just finished reading it uh, recently, about a week ago. But anyway, um, I think that they they mentioned Vader through most of the the film, although we only saw him at the end. But then it was great that everybody died because it showed oh. how they were so passionate. And they were just, they were willing to throw everything they had into this, getting these plans. And it's always the plans, right, right. the plans. Right, right. Everyone has plans for something. <laughs> and and how they got them up. And how about that upload? Oh, yeah, right. That was like the biggest upload in history. <laughs> <laughs> onto, a, onto a five and a quarter disc floppy disc also. Right. It's amazing. 1970s technology and in, in the in a movie from 2016 doesn't always work out but you know what's really great my favorite thing about Rogue One is like Ken said that they all died at the end and what they managed to pull off and this is not something I was expecting when I saw the movie the first time is they managed to make that feel like a triumph they managed to make the like every single character is dead by the end of the story right every single one all dead and it felt like they won and part of that is because we knew how the the if you look at Rogue One and, and A New Hope as two sides of the same story or two halves of the same story, you know that at the end that their sacrifice mattered, so it gives it value. Right. But still, having Disney having like the creative confidence to kill the, all these people when the incentive to not do that is so high for them, right? I mean, it was absolutely right for the story, absolutely the correct choice. But I mean, sequels, merchandising, action figures, you know. All of that stuff is cut off if you can't make more movies starting these characters. And if they're all dead, you can't really bring them back. Unless you want to reboot the whole thing yet again. Which they're not due for for another at least five years or so. And hopefully they don't get on that Spider-Man reboot timeline. Well, hopefully they don't even do any reboots. They just continue, you know, continue telling Star Wars stories. They don't necessarily have to... Well, in fact, speaking of which, 
they just recently announced Ryan Johnson was going to um, be in charge of the, the trilogy after, um, <clears throat> excuse me, after they finished the, you know, the, the next three that they're going to do or the next two that they're going to do after the one that's being released in December. Um, and I don't think that's going to have anything to do with the, the, the Skywalkers. So that might be pretty interesting to see what direction they're going to go there. Well, Ken, what do you think about the idea that the Skywalkers are just like having someone that powerful? The Force is so destabilizing that you know, sort of their their birth into the galaxy was going to cause this upheaval no matter what. Wow. Hmm. So, because if you really think about it, let's say for the sake of argument that the Force did in fact bring Anakin Skywalker to life, right? Let's say just because it's insinuated but not stated, right? Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So he's born <clears throat> as about as far away from the Galactic Center as you can possibly get, right? Because he's on Tatooine, and that's a line Luke says in Episode 4. Yeah, very far away if it's the uh, closest center, whatever, however he describes it. So it's there's a, a center of the gal- there's a center of the galaxy where about as far away as you can get from it, something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's actually, um, or so you're saying it's basically an immaculate birth, right? Mm-hmm. There was no father. So right. it just, he was formed from the force. So you're saying, what if he never happened? What I'm saying is that, uh, is that someone like Anakin Skywalker being born had to have been in response to something else, right? So the for, if the force, if the force had to take a corrective action and, and do that in the form of a human being, right? Then uh, it wouldn't have mattered where he was born. He would have ended up being in the center of all this no matter what, because he's that powerful. Yeah, and also, so, go ahead, sorry. Also, he's a response to Emperor Palpatine accumulating all this power, right? So it's just like how you say, like you know, if you're if you're if you're like steering a ship, right, and you make a little bit of a course correction now, then you can have a drastically different destination when you get to the end, right? Absolutely. But the long, but the longer you wait to make that correction, the more sharp it's got to be. Right. right? The more the more dramatic and and the more uh, the more backstory they got to build because they got to explain how all this happened. So my, my reading of everything that happens in the Star Wars Original Six is that Palpatine does all this stuff and sort of bends the Force and bends the galaxy to his will, right? And it causes a disruption in the Force so severe <clears throat> that the Force imbues, you know, the Force, you know, forces the birth of Anakin Skywalker as a being conceived by the Force, right? So that's what happens, and so that's a corrective action. And that's why everyone's so intense about getting, you know, getting the Skywalkers onto the dark side because that's the only thing they could do to stop them. That's what I think, anyway. That's today's pop <clears throat> philosophy on Star Wars. How you guys been? Doing okay? Why I did that? Man, that's right? heavy. That's heavy. I mean, that's um, yeah. You might. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to give me a minute to think about that one because I mean, okay, so. Uh, reality existence said well you know this guy this emperor he's really going he's gonna he's off the chain he's gonna actually destroy everything we better create a um, uh, a hero think about it like a rubber band right yeah so like what the emperor was doing was like pulling the rubber band in one direction you know but eventually it snaps back and Anakin is that, that's what Anakin is. He's the embodiment of that stamp back. So maybe once, because as I understand it, as I believe, uh, the Emperor actually created the one big piece that, I mean, it was a little bit in, uh, um, it was talked about a little bit in, in Revenge of the Sith, but he actually created the, uh, he he found how to bring, bring life, right? Right. 
he he was so strong with the force the dark side of the force that he actually conquered death so yes i think that was it i think that's what the the the, the force said whoa that's no good we have to that's what that's the problem so then go back to create anakin to create this hero that would eventually destroy the empire destroy the emperor yeah. uh and you know which he did at the end of the sixth movie he finally he finally got him uh and uh, what do you guys think about that no being inserted there at the end of episode six in the in the blu-ray releases where he goes, no! It's like he does at the end of episode three when he throws the Emperor off the catwalk. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think it's an emotional... I think it's an emotional grab. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So, um, so I like Han Solo. Ken, you like Darth Vader. Sam, who's your favorite Star Wars character? I would say Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Everybody loves Darth Vader. Everybody so loves Darth Vader. I mean, he had a... Um, it's it a it's a great artwork, Darth Vader. I mean, he's the epitome of someone of of a person, just of being a a good person. Well, I, if you want to call it good, but just being a, a person, and then these elements just change him, you know. And he eventually ends up being become you know becoming overly evil and everything. But it's just amazing. Uh, it's what a lot of the a lot of antiheroes and um, villains are based off of. They're based off Darth Vader. I mean, he's sort of like the father of a lot of super tight, you know, super villains. You know, mm. so it's he the the way the way that he's displayed um, in the in the series is, is is really good to me. Awesome, yeah. I uh, Vader is awesome. The the whole, you know, hyper-competent, you know, I'm just going to tell you to do something and I'm going to trust that it's done because you'll just be dead if it isn't thing. Right. It's just so, so crazy. Um, so what's your what's your favorite, Ken, what's your favorite scene from any Star Wars? I'll tell you, my, my personal favorite scene from any Star Wars has got to be uh, the first time Vader Force chokes that dude in the conference room. He just very slowly goes, nope. <laughs> I, I love that scene. It's like yeah, my Ad, scene. Uh, Admiral Motti, right? Yes, yes, uh, Admiral Motti. Yeah, yeah, that was good. You know what? I'll go to Revenge of the Sith, the lightsaber battle between Anakin and Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was good. That was good. I like that. And yeah, I mean, I think that was a because they they taunted each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they did that whole thing that we we loved from when Vader and Obi Wan fought. It just brought that whole thing back, you know. Brought it all back. The original uh, lightsaber battle between Darth and Obi Wan, old Obi Wan, and then we go back to see how they originally started fighting and the taunting and the, I just that that was spectacular. It was a great moment, and like you said in this uh, recut that you saw, uh, uh, Scott, that they actually put that in. It was the only piece that they really put in from that from that movie. You know, they highlighted that. It was. That's that's spectacular. Well, well, they highlighted that. I mean, they had a lot of Revenge of the Sith, and they cut out a lot of those inside stuff. Like I said, I'll I'll send it to you guys, and if you like it, we'll do we'll do another recapper on that, just because I like that. (laughs) I like it so much. It actually made me feel like more uh, more empathy for Darth Vader than I did actually watching the original prequels, because since there's not seven hours of garbage, (laughs) like you can follow the through line of what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish. So it's not like you know Anakin goes to Tatooine and then there's you know, 45 minutes of Obi-Wan Kenobi taking a tour of a genetic cloning facility, right? 
It's like, this is where we keep the computers. The computers are necessary for computation. Let's go down here. Like, that's how that scene... <laughs> Funny. Funny. That's how that scene goes. It's like, no, look over here. So what did you clone? We cloned some dude named uh, Django Fett. Here's a picture of him. It's like, that looks like the guy I've been chasing. I don't know. It seems like not a coincidence. And then you get back to Anakin. Then Anakin's, like, getting a message from Obi-Wan. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, it's right. been 45 minutes since we saw him. Uh, anyway, that's that's my take. But like I said, I, I have uh, I have negative things to say about the uh, uh, about the prequel trilogy that we've that we've we've talked about. So I won't go into that more. My um favorite scene in any of them was the the beach. Like I said before, it was the beach scene from Rogue One. I thought that would I thought the the whole overall effects and just the whole overall direction of you know those scene well that scene was um it was just spectacular. Um, and, and really to me, you in Rogue One, you just had a slow build in, in a lot of these genre, you know, type movies, it's the third act that begins to fall, you know, falter with strong mm-hmm. first and second acts, um, with that third act in, the, in as far as, um, Rogue One, I mean, it just kept moving and moving and, you know, just so many, you know, side battles and, you know, there you're, you're anticipating them trying to upload the, or, you know, yeah, upload the, um, upload that information and everything. And then, like I said, at the very end, you get, you know, you get that, um, um, scene from, uh, Dark Dark Vader and Leia just transitioning into to like a New Hope. It's it's had, did you have you guys ever watched that and then watched New Hope <laughs> right yes, after? I have done that. I have done that. <laughs> and it is it is so phenomenal. I cannot I cannot recommend doing that enough to people because it totally changes the New Hope. The whole tenor yeah. of New yes. Hope's different. Yes. The whole yes. expectation of New Hope's yes. different. If you watch that movie as like one five yes. hour movie or however long it is, yes. and you get to the bottom point, so the low point in the story is all the yes. char- all the main characters you've been following around dying, right? Right. They all die right away. So there's you expect like if, if you watch it if you watch um if you consider it as a, Rogue One as its own movie, you keep expecting someone to jump in and be like, get in this thing, we're out of here, right? Like, you keep expecting that the whole time, and yeah, it never, never happens. happens. Never happens. So it sets the table for the stakes being that high. Like, you were just with this character for two hours. These characters were the focus of the whole movie, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. we're handing the ball off to these yeah. other characters? Yeah. Like, yeah. well, what could possibly happen it's, to them, right? It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, because like you said, it's like almost five or two to about four hours of... <laughs> it's just it's just a, a a different it's a good tonal shift it's one of those good tonal shifts from that movie to all the action and all the um the energy from you know rogue one into a new hope you know mm-hmm. and it just tells like a, a, a sort of like a side story uh, how, how do i want to say that it, it just brings a different energy to a new hope that wasn't there um you know before rogue one came out and it makes it much better I mean, imagine Vader. Vader is walking on the ship at the beginning of A New Hope, right, Ken? So that scene you were talking about, your favorite scene, except you just watched what he did to all those guys on that other <laughs> ship, right? You just watched that like two minutes ago. Right. Yeah, I don't think it that would change my like. opinion of him. I still love him. Really it would be just... Well, I'm just saying it would be that much more awesome. Oh, yeah. Where you're just like that much more like... Like he walks up to Leia, right? And you're just like, oh, man. Like you know he's a stone-cold super murderer. Like he's a, like basically a killing machine, and he's basically telling Leia like you're you're in some deep some deep crap here, right? So when she like threatens him, or when he when he like uh, gets the probe out, you know that torture probe, all that stuff is just much. I think the stakes are a lot higher because you've already seen these characters. Yeah, you know you've already seen one the rebellion win, but basically lose everybody, right? 
And so when when all the pilots start dying at the end of episode four, it's this it's another sense of you know of immediacy because you've seen a lot of those guys already too. Like you've seen them because they insert those guys into a, you know uh, Rogue One. So there's a real sense of finality when that stuff happens. It gives everything a, a much more. It makes episode four much more weighty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like episode four on its own can it. be, yeah, it can be more fan- fantastic. It's sort of a fantasy epic, and less a, almost less like a, a science fiction epic. But but Rogue One takes that and just puts this. It puts this this sub basement to everything that's going on in episode four. It's like the the upstairs downstairs. You know, it's like you've got the the royalty, which is all the Skywalker stuff, and then you've got the what you know the real like special forces military dirty stuff is, and that's Rogue One. So I would say my favorite Star Wars movie is actually watching Rogue One, then watching Episode Four. That's my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's something I've done pretty much uh, every since I've owned them. Since I own them, I I now watch them that way. It's very it's very oh. cool. Um, oh, oh, Ken Ken owns the movies. Don't even. <laughs> oh you yeah, big time You're gonna come on our show and big time Come on, Ken. But you guys don't you fit don't like the like Star Wars holiday special in anywhere. anywhere. I mean, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, Boba Fett! Come on, <laughs> Boba Fett. It's the first time right, Boba so, Fett right, ever around. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so Ken, this is this is something we do here on Nerd Cyclopedia. You may not be aware of it. They call it Nerd Cyclopedia Theater. And today we'll be doing the, all the, every single political scene from the prequel trilogy. I'll be playing Jimmy Smith. Okay. Now, Sam, you're going to play someone who thinks everything I say is a good idea. Okay. Now, Ken, after Sam says what I just said is a good idea, you say it's a bad idea. Okay? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You ready? You ready for this? Yep. You ready for Nerd Cyclopedia Theater? Yep. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to set the scene for Nerd Cyclopedia Theater. All right. We're right. sitting around a conference table. We're all wearing clothes that make it look like we're in the Star Wars universe. Okay, that's the scene. It's yep. all set. Uh-huh. But I am wearing clothes that look like I'm in a Star Wars universe. <laughs> I thought that was what we were supposed to do. He was prepared for the situation. Yeah, I we mean, did I've... not explain the concept of a podcast to Ken properly. That is, <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is our that, fault. That, that, Sam that, said that was... I need to be dressed in my. In... <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness right. gracious! Oh, well, all right, are you, are you guys ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. We've got to do something about the Trade Federation. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, it sounds like a very bad idea. Well, I don't know. I tell you what. What if we take Newt Gunray to the Supreme Court? Yes, yeah, good idea. Bad idea. You're right. They'll tie it up in committee. We'll need to have a vote of no confidence for the Chancellor. Yep. yep. Let's do it. Uh, I say no. Okay. So we'll have to have the dumbest possible senator we have take a measure to the floor saying that we should have the Chancellor become an emperor and that he should be in charge of everything. Good idea. Uh, no. No, uh-uh. no, I say no. Oh. Okay, so instead of all that, let's talk about tax rates. How can we get the tax rate down for the very richest people in the entire galaxy? And scene. That's every political scene, in my opinion. From the <laughs> You're hilarious. You know what? That, that was that was funny. I like that. But one thing, if we, if we have a minute, can we talk about droids? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Droids. I never knew what a droid was. Mm-hmm. Now it's a phone, so that people actually use. So the droids, to me, also we have to we have to talk about them. We talked about all the humans and everything, but what is the what is the same thing through every single movie, even even Rogue One 
and mm-hmm. we know everybody's well, dead. Well, well, quick well, side note, doesn't Android give like a percentage of that? Because that's from Star Wars. They don't yes. they give a percentage of that to um the Lucasfilm? George gets yeah. a couple cents every time someone says droid. Yeah, so so he's making money off Samsung and Google and everything, right? Everything. Everything. Wow, that's crazy. So I mean and they couldn't just think of a different name, right? Right. Like they couldn't just say they could have just put the AN over there. That's a that's like a just a term. Nope. We want to pay the four billion dollars to put, just pick off the AN. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Just droid. Just, it just sounds so much better. Just droid. So three PO mm-hmm. and R two mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. were there the entire time. And they never wavered. And really the story is if you think about it, I mean, the story, you're not really, it's not really a, it's not really a first person. I mean, you're kind of looking at it from their point of view because you're not right, really right. involved. You're just kind of checking things out. And from their point of view is, is really the best perspective because they're seeing this whole mess. You know, these humans, according to them, they're real bozos. Uh, they don't know how anybody gets gets from from morning to night without killing themselves and here they're really just telling this whole story this is all unfolding in front of their sensors right and and they are actually translating it back to us to to enjoy in a very in a very uh unbiased manner Uh, so the droids to me also are very pivotal in this whole everything and you can talk whatever you want about expanded universe and prequel and sequel and everything but if you as long as you maintain the focus on the droids yeah yeah i think you understand exactly what's going on with with at, at with this story at any point in its timeline well they give you like an entry point sort of you know that, yeah. that type of perspective and everything so that's that's good for the for the viewer <laughs> exactly exactly and then they're relatable yeah you know yeah. everyone loves r2d2 I mean, well, yeah, they, anybody, like even if they hate Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, what's really interesting about how <clears throat> the economics of the Star Wars universe is that a lot of the labor is performed by droids. Like most servant labor, most um, you know, most industrial labor is all droid based. So when they go ahead and they say they're going to send the droids to the spice mines at Kessel, right? Right. That's like sort of like a, it's like how they used to send slaves to the Romans, the Roman silver mines in uh, Spain. Like it was just a death sentence, right? So what's interesting about Star Wars is that. There, there seems to be a bias against droids, sort of in general. They never explain it, which is interesting to me because it indicates some sort of humongous, like artificial intelligence war from thousands and thousands of years ago, right? They just have a bias against them. But at the same time, there are droids who are incorporated in the economic system and sort of almost given like an individual freedom, like IG eighty eight, for instance, the bounty hunter. Mm, yeah, individual freedom, like he's sort of a part of the economy and he sort of runs his own stuff. Um, so, so that's always struck me as something that was very. Uh, very interesting. Um, also, you know, there's a there's an EU. I, I, I know we were going to talk about the EU some other time. There's a really great EU story where IG88 has essentially had his uh, consciousness uploaded into the Death Star, and he's about ready to take over everything. Right? He's like, "Oh, I got this brand new thing. I'm going to be able to kill all the humans. It'll be great." And then Luke blows up the Death Star. Like there's this whole, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's some of the hokey stuff you get in the EU that's interesting. Um, but the droids also raise an interesting question about. You know, they do raise an interesting question uh, for me about our artificial intelligence and is there a humanity? And, and they, I think that Star Wars makes a strong case that, that an artificial being could have a soul in, in R2-D2 and C-3PO. It's very, uh, it's an interesting subtale of Star Wars. Right. 
That's how I think of things, guys. I'm weird. That's what well, I do. Well, that's a lot of subtext in Star Wars, period. I mean, brings um, up a point of what I wanted to ask you guys about Star Wars and pop culture. How do you guys feel about the the vastness of it and how it relates to, like, do you, do you, how, what do you, what is you guys' opinion of what George Lucic, Lucas essentially, essentially started in his own brain and how it just took hold of so many boys, <laughs> so, so, so many people, you know, in their, in their, in their younger age and it lasted for so long into men in their forties and in, in, in their fifties and stuff. Like, how do you feel about, um, uh, what he created basically? So, in a way, uh, Star Wars, if you think about the time, sort of, I mean, invented it. Uh, it, it, it. I don't know that, I mean, yes, people were into things, like Jaws had come out. Jaws yeah, was yeah. a big thing. Uh, we need a bigger boat. People were starting the tagline thing. <laughs> I don't think it was so much in in our society as and then star wars came along and it started it it started the entire thing marketing franchising toys uh food tie-ins right uh product placement i mean there were just all these things that it started and did george know what he was doing darn right he did he knew exactly <laughs> he saw this he when he first talked to fox about this and they were like Hey, okay, this is great, because he brought them the whole thing. He brought this in. He brought in this entire story. It was 800,000 pages. Uh-huh. And they said, they said no, we need, we need the smallest part that we think you can, that you think you can squeeze into two hours. Because uh-huh. that's it. That's the max attention span that you can expect a human to sit and watch something. Right, right. Uh, and they, he picked A New Hope. We could call it Star Wars uh, or the or Star Killers. We went through a number of different names, but it was the Journal of the Wills. The Journal of the Wills, which the Wills, Wills, which the Wills. Uh, wow. The uh, I don't and I don't know their names from the new sequel. <laughs> um, the, the 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 Force is in me. I am with the Force. The Force. He's actually the last vestige vestige of that. And he's the protector. Those two guys. Uh, I don't know what their names are. I can't mm-hmm. escape me at the moment. But I think I think Star Wars started pop culture. It ignited it. Well, you're talking about something tangible, um, which is, I mean, very much correct. I think I'm sort of referring to like something sort of. Do you want to call it meta? But um, just what what is it about Star Wars for you guys that makes it the top geek <laughs> the top geek um um if you want to call it product or you just just give me a name here Scott just, what what is it about Star Wars that makes geeks just just go off the rails you know that Star it's, Wars it's the is, apex it's the apex property of nerddom okay that's what i would say right it is it is the thing people think of when they think about <clears throat> the type of culture we talk about on this podcast. It's the number one mm-hmm. thing. It's the most successful financial thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Ken's point, I don't think George Lucas had any idea that it would be this big. I think that he sort of... I think he struck gold. I think maybe George Lucas had four good movies in him. One was Indiana Jones and one was American Graffiti. So you tell That's me what yeah. <laughs> the other one is after Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> I think it was spread out over the prequels. I think the prequel was one good movie that 
they made it to three bad ones. Um, for me, you know, uh, I think what makes it such uh, a monolith and, and what makes it such an icon and a touchstone for nerd culture is that it's genre specific and it's the synergy of so many different types of popular culture. I mean, when you look at the stylistic influences of of Star Wars. It is a synergy of westerns. It yeah. is a synergy of World War II action movies. It's right. a synergy of dogfighting. It's a synergy right. of, you know, a samurai culture. Because a lot of the Force and a lot of Jedi culture is based on samurai culture. It's a synergy of Kurosawa-type films. It's a synergy of, you know, those sort of movies. You know, it's a synergy of the hero's version as told by, you know, uh, by many, many people. You know, that sort of story. It was designed to be that. So right. George Lucas made something that had a broad appeal. And because of the roots... That it already had in, in space travel and you know things like uh, you know twenty two thousand one space odyssey. When you look at how science fiction was treated before Star Wars, is it was a very clean and lines you know a very pristine sort of thing. Uh-huh. Is how science fiction was treated, and what Star Wars did, and what, what Star Wars changed is they took that sort of you know that sort of uh, trope. And they threw it in the mud, right? And they said, "But what if we? But what if everything was just really held together with duct tape? You know, what if it wasn't designed by some super intelligent, hyper intelligent computer? Some guy was just like, yeah, we'll just put this here and it'll do that thing.' And then someone else, ten years later, was like, yeah, 'I'll put this other thing here.' You know, like what if all growth and all technology was organic? And that's what I think Star Wars did: is it took these these incredible uh, things and these incredible action sequences and put them into a place where you could imagine." you know, what it would be like to inhabit that world because it was lived in and dirty just like the one you live in. You could relate to it, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like Star Trek where you're like, okay, so we're just going to magically disappear and appear somewhere else. (laughs) Well, why is that? Budgetary reasons. And then they just, (laughs) right? And they make you the transporter thing. Uh, So, so that's, that's what I think it is. I think it's, it's, it's the, it's science fiction and fantasy distilled to a point where you can live into it. Like you can almost believe it's possible that these things happen. All right. Um, well, we'll sort of um, wrap up here and tell uh, tell us what you think, Ken. Well, how does well, affect, how does Star Wars? First of all, how does Star Wars affect you as a fan? At, you know, after all these years, you've seen it in the theaters when you were eight in nineteen seventy seven. How is it still sticking with you today, after all these years? Well, I'll tell you what. In in my day to day life. Um, I'm constantly looking at similarities, okay? So you can pull a lot of very realistic principles out of Star Wars uh, about good and evil, um, you know, right and wrong, the whole thing, and, and, and having just having a focus, doing something with your life, not just sitting back on your heels and letting it all happen, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. actually participating, because that's what our heroes did. They didn't. They saw a problem, and they figured it out. They figured out a solution. I mean, that you know, you had Han, Luke, and Leia, Chewbacca, the droids. You know, were this small little group, and they saw this bigger problem. They got together and, and they worked to get together to solve a problem. So that's, I mean, to me, that there, there's a there's a lot that everyone should just take from that. Um, just. And, and other things, I mean, the bigger picture about, you know, good and evil, of course, and lightsabers. <laughs> of course, of course. Lightsabers. I mean, lightsabers are awesome, quite frankly. Lightsabers, probably, I don't care what movie, what technology comes out, what we have, what 
great missile some other country has, you get a country that that figures out the lightsaber <laughs> and how to do that and how to make that happen. They're they're going to rule the world. They're going to just 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 so that's it. I mean that's that's technology. So technology to me is always is very important in my life, and I think Star Wars gave gave the world a lot of ideas about technology space travel um a lot like star trek did i yeah. mean there were a lot of concepts mm-hmm. that uh they took uh, from isaac asimov and some of the great you know science fiction writers who had uh physics backgrounds there's a lot of lot of things with technology that also came from star wars that are very important to me so yeah and the other thing is that they didn't have the you know, Star Trek in, in 2001, they felt a need to explain how, like, the technology that you're familiar with developed to the point where it's doing the stuff in this show, right? But Star Wars didn't have to do that because they realized that if you show the analog, people will get it. And technology sufficiently advanced might as well be magic anyway, so just make it magic. <clears throat> like, how, how, do you, how do you travel through uh, space-time at the speed of light? Shut up! Yeah, we <laughs> just do it! <laughs> that's, how, that's how they figured that out, right? It's like so. So, how does this laser sword work? So, it's like it can cut through anything, and it's like, okay, so shut up. How about that? So, <laughs> and how build about when one. the plane explodes? It makes a big sound, but it's in space, and there's no air. All right, well, we thought about it, and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just go for it. Don't worry about like you know trying to explain and bog down with different. Let let the extended stuff you know handle that. Um, let's and just then, tell a story. Let's tell a story about then, characters. And then a movie like Episode One comes out, which has the aforementioned you know, committee <laughs> scene. You know, that's basically three or that's three or four scenes. It's like, well, the Chancellor's sending him just negotiators here. It's like, well, we better we better do something about it. Those those negotiators it could be tough. It's like, well, the negotiators are Jedi. It's like, what are we gonna do now? And so that, that was the original voice one. that they were gonna use. That was the oh shucks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, shucks. Oh, I'm real sorry, Jedi. I didn't mean to do nothing out of line. It sounded like, um, who's that guy from Andy Griffith? <laughs> Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle, yes. yeah, yeah. He was one of the... That's who um, that is. <laughs> he was in Star Wars. He was one of the stormtroopers. He's the one they called up. It's like, hey, Go- hey, Gomer, get up here. We need to show you something up here. It's like, all right, uh, boss told me not to walk up the ramp, but I'll come right on in. <laughs> Golly, I'll then, just present my <laughs> blaster for inspection there. <laughs> Hope no one noticed. Oh golly, you got a hole in my armor. Hope no one notices this at inspection. Well, I'm dying. That's how that. That's how. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been enjoyable. Um, anything that you guys want to add to? Well, first of all, Ken, we want to thank you for guest starring today. Oh, thanks so much, Ken. We really you know, appreciate you really add some um, some great elements, some great energy to our conversation and everything. Scott and I really appreciate that. Um, what is it you guys we want to leave off with today as far as the um, this as for Star Wars? Anything, anything, any tidbits you want to add? Go ahead, Ken. Um. Well, I don't. I mean, I, 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 my pleasure being here today. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love talking about Star Wars. Most people in my like my social life just get sick of me talking about it. So it's been a, a very when, uh, when, enjoyable when, experience. When you come to when work dressed as Darth Vader, you know that's when it begins to be. Right, uh, that's when the lines get drawn, and it's uh, not Halloween. Halloween. Um, so, I mean, a t- tidbit that I would say is I just hope that this franchise just continues to evolve uh, in, a, in a way that be- that keeps it relevant. Um, and from what I've seen, I think this this new new 
story uh, add-on that's coming out is going to be. Plus, I'm super looking forward to the Han Solo story. Yes. Oh yeah. So I'm yeah. sure you are too, Scott, because yeah. that's that's a Ron that's a Ron Howard joint. Yeah. I'm super excited about that movie being a Ron Howard movie and being the beginning of the Han Solo character. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and he may even uh, he may even do something with like. Uh, um, you know, I could just because he did such a good job with. Uh, I think he did uh, Saving Private Ryan just with the, with the war and yeah, the elements. Yeah. The the uh, just, Ron the, Ron Howard was was not. That's that's a Spielberg movie. Ron Howard. Was oh, that is Spielberg. Mind. Okay. Yeah, Beautiful Mind Splash. He makes a. He made that race car movie with the one guy. The oh, word, right? right on. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, yeah, that was uh, Spielberg. I thought Ron Howard. They should have, they should have called that race car movie something besides the race car movie starring the guy from Thor. <laughs> Driver wasn't that called? Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, yeah, anyway I think uh, the, the, I'm really looking forward to where the franchise is going and, and the stories and, and the future uh, podcast that you guys could do. Uh, you know, talking about that stuff. So that would be. Yeah, many many future podcasts, <laughs> and um, we definitely will, um, you know, ask for you to come back on for you know future podcasts. We definitely appreciate your input there. Um, yeah, I mean, I I really appreciate you being here because it feels like you're a lot less cynical about Star Wars than I am, and <laughs> so it's nice to have maybe a little bit less of that that the hate the hate the side eye I guess that I give Star Wars sometimes the parts of it not, I don't not so edgy. Glad you were on here. Not so edgy. Yeah, Can, you're just not so you're not so like angry about it. Like you're like okay, there was some stuff I didn't like about that movie, and I'll sit here and be like, and this is why I hated it. You're just like, but there was some stuff I also liked. So Kim puts a little bit more hope back into the situation, back into New Hope, right? <laughs> well, he's our only New Hope, hope. right? 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 All right. All so, right, um, so, um, um. This is Nerdcyclopedia, and you guys can yes. follow us on Nerdcyclopedia.com. Um, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Nerdcyclopedia. Um, if you're listening, like the Facebook posts. Throw us a comment, too, because it's awesome to get feedback that way. Yes. It lets us know yes. you're engaged. Yes. You know, we'll jump on there and reply to you. Um, so feel free to, if you liked it, you know, throw us a review on iTunes. And as always, it should be five stars. And if it's not, you're going to get the business. Right. Also, make sure that you email us at NerdCyclopediaPodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you did not like anything of um, what any of us of, of us said, um, you can hashtag hate Sam, hashtag hate Scott, and now hashtag hate Ken. <laughs> but because he's a guest, you can put a question mark after hashtag hate Ken. So it should be hashtag hate Ken question <laughs> because he's a guest so maybe you hate him but you don't have to be that direct sweet i'll be the first to tweet that out <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you guys so um take us out crazy man <laughs> <laughs>